0: With over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 182. Today, we're going to be talking all about incentivizing professional development. That is right. How do we motivate our teachers to do PD, work with our instructional coaches, come in during the summer, and all of that stuff? And maybe we're going to answer the question... Do you have to pay them to do it, or do they just love learning? I got three amazing instructional coaching type people on today, and we're going to talk all about these subjects. But before we do that, I want to remind everybody that we have our next TeacherCast coaching conversation coming up in a few weeks. It's going to be happening on Wednesday, March 16th. You don't want to miss this one. TeacherCast.net forward slash webinar. We're going to be talking all about our 10 favorite classroom activities You know, those things that we have in our back pocket that if a teacher says, hey, I need something or hey, are you free? You kind of just pull them out of your back pocket and say, "Ooh, why don't we do this? We're going to be talking about 10 of those things. It is going to be again on Wednesday, the 16th of March at 830 p.m. Eastern. Last time we did this was a few weeks ago. We had a fantastic time. We almost went three hours. It was great. But, you know, what do you do if you have a teacher that wants to do writing? What if you have a teacher that wants to do video What do you do if you have a teacher that wants to do websites? We're going to be sharing with you our 10 favorite lessons. You don't want to miss this. Space is limited. I'm telling you now, we have almost 120 coaches already signed up for this thing. And I think we're going to cap it at about 150. So please make sure you sign up. TeacherCast.net forward slash webinar. TeacherCast.net forward slash webinar. Tell your friends all about it. And thank you so much for listening to this show. This is Ask the Tech Coach, a podcast for instructional coaches. I have an amazing panel on today talking all about incentivizing PD. This is actually over the last 180 episodes, probably my most requested topic. And I'm so thankful to bring on today three amazing guests. My first guest is a K-5 instructional coach from Fayetteville, North Carolina. I want to bring on Dr. Caitlin Caudill. Caitlin, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the the Tech Coach.
2: I'm so good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to share what I know.
1: I am so excited to have you on the show today. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what are you doing these days as as an instructional
2: coach? So, I'm a K 5 coach, so I'm in an elementary school, and um, we have really been focusing on small group instruction for the most part this year. But as always, you know, teachers are requesting uh, resources, activities, strategies, things that I can give them real quick that they can grab a hold on and really have a high impact on their instruction. So that's what I've been focusing on mostly this year.
1: I am so excited to have you on here sharing your story. You know, as somebody who's also working in a K- K-5 building, we have a lot in common. And I'm looking forward to hearing how you motivate your teachers for professional development. My second guest today is Dr. Rena Hirsch. She is currently the coordinator of professional development curriculum and instruction out in Missouri. Correct. Rena, how are you today? Welcome to the show.
3: I'm good. Thank you so much.
1: I am so excited to have you on. You and I had a chance to talk a few days ago about the SIM subject. And as I was saying to you before the show started, you inspired me to write this rather interesting blog post all about it. And I hope I got some of this stuff right. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. You've got an interesting program out there in Missouri, don't you?
3: Correct. So I work for a series of nonprofit private high schools for adults 21 and over who dropped out of high school as teenagers and now would like to pursue a standard diploma rather than a general equivalency degree. And so we offer classes morning, evening, afternoon, and evening. We provide daycare. We run an accelerated program that's eight weeks at a time. And we honor any existing credits that our students can get transcripts for from their original tenure in high school.
1: You know, it's an amazing program. I had a chance to check out your website and check out a few things. And I love that even now, just just with our, our first two guests, we have K5 coaching and we have adult coaching. And how are we going to put all this stuff together? Well, here's the answer. We have a third guest on today. I want to bring on Miss Christine <laughs> Davis, a virtual learning specialist um, out in Pennsylvania. Christine, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. Hi, I'm great,
4: and thank you. I'm really also looking forward to being a part of this, but mostly just hearing about some other programs. I think it's really interesting, both of those uh, situations. I do work for an education service agency in Pennsylvania. So our agencies are regional, and there are are different uh, agencies throughout the state that serve as a go-between between between the, the State Department of Ed and local school districts. So we provide all kinds of services one of which is professional learning. And so uh, in that role lately, we've been really just responding and being as adaptive as possible to whatever the teachers in our districts seem to be asking for, requesting, needing the most.
1: I'm looking forward to tonight's. Before we get into the topic of incentivizing PD, many school districts around the country celebrated March 1st in a different way this year. Um, Many of them decided to relax a lot of the COVID infrastructure that was around them. please feel free to comment however you'd like, but has anybody been experiencing a different way of learning? Has anybody in their classroom seeing students smile for the first time in two years? What is life like for your school districts these days?
3: Wow, that's great. Um, We have not seen a big difference recently. In most of our locations, we are still mandated to wear masks in the school buildings. And this year, we've been back in person. But prior to that, we were emergency distance learning for 18 months. And since returning, it has been very interesting to think about the lessons we learned around which adults really benefited from having more flexibility and being able to engage in asynchronous virtual learning, and also the sheer volume of chronic absenteeism that is prompted by quarantining, sick relatives, school closures, school children quarantining, family emergencies, other health issues, ad infinitum.
1: <laughs> it sounds like a fun program. How how have things been recently? I mean, again, you're dealing with adults. It's a little bit differently than dealing with fifth graders, but I mean, have you noticed any difference? Are you, are you getting more uh, attendance because people can come in, come out? Like, what does that look like for you on a daily uh, class size
2: basis? Our
3: actual attendance this in the last uh, three terms, so since August, has been considerably poorer than it was the first two and a half years we were open. We found that we have higher issues with uh, absences and more drops. And it is only now really starting to turn around. So, in fact, over the next three business days, we have 220 Hmm. what we call intakes, which are enrollments where we complete all the paperwork and pre-assessments and everything for students compared to 50 last time.
1: Wow. Lots of changes going on. Christine, what's your district look like in the last uh, couple of days, maybe a week or so? Is anything different for you?
4: yeah, well, it's a little bit difficult for me because i I work remotely. Well, okay. you know, our schools are coming back in session, and actually they have been for a long time, and they're dealing with fewer and fewer uh, quarantine situations, which is a positive. And the teachers that I've worked with have have been grateful for that. But I'm not there in person. So I can't speak to the vibe of it mm-hmm. or the you know the emotion that that's happening.
1: Nice. Caitlin, how about yourself? What does it look like to see little kids smiling, having fun? <laughs> I just love it. Right. Like it's, right. it's, it's like what, what's what's your school been like the last couple of days?
2: Well, we have been um, mask free for the last couple of weeks. And when the district first changed, mm-hmm. I know a lot of teachers were very, very nervous, um, concerned about, Small group instruction, for example, you know, sitting so close to other students um, without their masks on and, and, you know, navigating those sort of waters. But as uh, the week or two has gone by, it seems like there's fewer and fewer students and adults in the building wearing their masks. And thankfully, our COVID numbers at my particular school haven't uh, rose or anything. We haven't had more kids out because of COVID since. Uh, the mask mandate has changed thankfully. So, but it is really, really nice seeing um, everyone's faces and seeing what they actually look like and seeing their smiles. So
1: today I had a chance to work with a bunch of our fourth and fifth graders on uh Wii video projects. And I have some really interesting and amazing pictures of kids huddled together, big smiles, checking things out, sharing projects. I was in instructional coaching heaven it was absolutely (laughs) amazing and it's interesting like when you put kids together and you give them something to work on they want to do it they want to show off they want to impress i've said it on this show many times i don't see the difference between kids and adults if you can motivate a kid to smile and pd because that's what classes are, you can motivate an adult to smile in PD. And how do you do that? We're going to deep dive into those things. I've been looking at the subject of of incentivizing PD. We used to call it badging. There's a lot of you know classroom badging applications, things like that. I'm curious to learn from you. Today, you, my co-hosts, are the teacher. I am your student. How does this work? How How is your school district or programs setting up incentivize PD. How does it work? I mean, um, Caitlin, you want to talk a little bit about how PD works in your school? What does it look like? How do your teachers get motivated? What does all this look like in your school district?
2: Absolutely. So our district does have a program that they use. Um, A lot of the programs or modules were developed by people within the district. And then there's also some state functioned or state sponsored modules as well for the whole district. I have created a specific, I call it a badge system, like you mentioned, for teachers specifically at my school, Mm -hmm. based on some of the feedback I received from them on what sort of tools they're looking for and really what they wanted to learn about. So I kind of developed that specifically for my school based on what my teachers were asking for. And so that's a program that I developed on Canvas. And it's actually kind of a segue, what you were kind of saying right before this, I did the same exact system essentially with my students when I was a STEM lab teacher. So they were incentivized, they loved getting a badge, they loved seeing their name on the wall. And so I just kind of thought to myself, well, if this is working for my students, uh, let's see if it'll work for the teachers that uh, that I'm assisting, so, and thankfully it has so far.
1: I'm going to come back to this question because I know we're all going to hit it. But, you know, I, I my, my kids are eight years old. I can literally give them a sticker and they are on the moon. <laughs> Does that work for a 45 year old? I, I want to explore this a little bit here. Christine, talk to us a little bit about how how your position is helping school districts to promote PD and stuff like that.
4: Yeah. So what we've done in in our agency is started to microsize PD and put it and and produce it in smaller chunks so that it's consumable or they can engage with it in, in shorter bursts of time, and um, that has been a huge motivator. And it's not really necessarily connected to a badge. There are badges in it, and I'll talk about that in a bit. But the fact that it is um, presented in shorter uh, opportunities and uh, less of a time commitment on them on the teachers it's really been well received that way so just that whole concept of micro learning and getting your learning in little bursts and sometimes that might be a video sometimes it might be uh, a blog post paired with a video sometimes it might be a discussion and so it just really varies but that has been a big incentivizer we've seen a huge increase in engagement and completion of some of our online professional learning because of just just taking it from a micro learning approach.
1: Now, Caitlin said she uses Canvas. Is there a platform that uh, your organization rolls out to all those different school districts?
4: Yeah, it's kind of across. It's, it's, it depends on who we're working with. So if a district is really heavily invested in Canvas, then we will develop develop professional learning through Canvas and about Canvas. And if it's Schoology, then we'll develop in Schoology. Our micro learning is a little bit different. We—that's called Jolt Edu. The platform is um, Talent LMS, um, but it's it, it's it's made for uh, usually for adults, and it is um, gamified by nature. So that's a little bit different the micro bursts. But we really, because we work with 35 different school districts, we adapt to whichever platforms they're using, so that it's familiar to them.
1: So with your districts. With your position working with districts, those teachers are told you must take X number of units or modules or something like that, or you just have them available. And
4: it's it's different. Some districts will say, "Hey, listen, teachers, we want you to um, throughout the school year take advantage of 20 hours of they're they're um, presented in these hour-long modules or hour-long micro courses." So we want you to get 20 hours, but you decide the topics, you decide when, you decide how you want to do it, whether it's you know, as a group or individual. Um, but others, they just leave it completely open, and teachers just do it by choice. They're just you know, making selections by choice and opting in by choice. It just depends.
1: You know, Rita, Christina brings up something that you and I were speaking about the other day, which is districts recognizing that there's many, many ways to get PD. Talk to us a little bit about what you were saying the other day on the phone of, you know, the first step is to understand that it doesn't have to be everybody in the room and somebody lecturing at them.
3: Absolutely.
1: Not, right? Yeah. Like It could be anything. Sometimes. And one
3: of the things that I think is really hard to get away from is this mindset that PD is this silo over here that's this learning that you do separately from everything else you do all day long. And that's not really how it works, right? And so for me, because we are part of a corporate environment, as we're run by MERS Goodwill, they're very in, in, committed to job-embedded training, And so they're looking at it and going, what do you mean collaborative curriculum writing isn't job-embedded training? You're you're having professional learning community meetings, and those aren't called professional development? (laughs) Wait, wait, I'm, I'm confused. You had student support meetings to generate strategies to support a student, but that isn't what? <laughs> so for us, it was very much like this like re- sort of revelation that like, the way we define PD is very convenient for organizations to quantify mm-hmm. and also very limiting in terms of what are the actual things that we do that help us be better teachers. Because really anything that helps us be a better teacher tomorrow than we were today should count as professional learning of some kind. And so when we kind of really embraced that, it became more about finding opportunities to acknowledge and embrace all those different kinds of learning, to count those, so to speak, and then to provide anything that might be missing from that or might enhance that as additional options for teachers to build on that. And so we call it Choice PD rather than badges. And I'll be honest, I am an army of one. So I don't build much of anything. (laughs) I go, hey, we use Edpuzzle. Edpuzzle already built this uh, badge for their uh, (laughs) platform. That's one of your choices that we would recommend. But you know, personal finance teachers, if you find that their website that's all about personal finance happens to be offering webinars that directly impact your curriculum, and you'd rather do that, as long as you can provide documentation, that's fine, right? That's great. Oh, you know, math teacher, you're going to become certified as a business educator so that you can teach... uh, business math and business concepts and entrepreneurship. And that's going to require you to take three grad courses. We're not going to pay for them. We're a nonprofit. But yes, you absolutely can get credit for those hours as learning that you're doing to enhance your performance in your job.
1: So for anybody... in their car playing the home game. We have a coach that's K-5 public school, a coach <laughs> that is adult in a private private business. And then we have a coach that is uh, coaching many, many school districts. My question here that I've been looking at and I've been wrestling with this one for a long time is, does it work or does it have to be mandated? I mean, if uh-huh. you all had, if your programs were what they were without the, the finger point up above, would they survive? Because we've been talking a lot here, Sue and I, over the last few weeks of a lot of this stuff can be set up by the coaches, but it's gotta be led by the administrators. No coach can walk in and say, We're badging, and I'm gonna give you a chotch key. And here's how this works. <laughs> K- Caitlin, you're smiling at this one. How like where where is the chicken and the egg? Does the does your administrator say, Caitlin, I want you to build this and you go, Great? Mm-hmm. Or do you say, I've got these ideas. Can you push the concept? Like, where is this? uh, How does it work?
2: So in my situation, I went to my uh, principal and I was like, hey, I I really want to do this. I had sent out a first nine weeks feedback form about my personal performance to the teachers. And they were requesting more PD on things that they wanted. And so this was kind of my solution to that. And so you know, I had my backup for it, and I was like, you know, i'm go- I'm gonna do this myself. I'll do it on my time. Uh, I like doing things like this, so I wasn't, you know, stressed about it or anything. Um, but he has been very supportive. the a lot of it's been put on the teachers for them to choose whether or not they participate or not. He did give me permission to utilize one of my PLC slots per week or per month, I'm sorry, to be purely for our PD badge page for teachers to go in, choose whatever badge module they want to work on. And that's what they could do for that day in PLCs. Um, so it's not, you know, they wouldn't have to be doing it on their own time. They certainly can. But we did provide them with some time during the school day to dive into whatever they might be interested in.
1: But you did say that your teachers have to hit an X number of hours per year. Is that about right?
2: Mm-hmm. So not for me. Well, for the, the what I have developed, it's completely up to them. I, okay. I did say whoever does them all, I'll put you in a drawing for a gift card at the end of the year. <laughs> and,
1: and, and I'll stop you there. Who pays for the gift card?
2: That is out of my
1: pocket. Oh. <laughs> yep. So, <laughs> you know, <public> schools. <laughs> so So, for everybody, like when we're looking at this, is there a difference in saying all of these options are viable? You can watch a YouTube video, you can watch a podcast, you can go to a lesson, you can go to Edpuzzle. There's still a certain amount of peer pressure that says, oh, well, if that person, if I see that lead teacher doing it, maybe I'll do it too. Uh, mm-hmm. Rena, you're shaking your head on that one. What, what's your thoughts on, you know, uh, f- fear of the above versus peer pressure versus making it just part of the culture. And I know you've, you've got a smaller number of teachers than pe- you know some people who might be listening to this. But what's your thoughts on peer pressure versus you know finger pointing here?
3: Well, I think for us, we feel pretty strongly that having the framework, the structure mandated, is effective. So our teachers are asked to complete 25 hours a year, I think it is. And the goal is 20 is five per term, which is eight weeks. They can carry over up to five forward, but not more. So if you wanna do all 25 in your first term, great. But by term three, you're still gonna have to do some more because we wanted to ensure that we didn't have that handful of folks who would either the first week or the last week try to get, you know, document everything. But within that, it's a little bit like, you know, working with students where you'll say you can answer the 20 even questions or the 20 odd questions. (laughs) It doesn't actually matter that they're going to do 20 either way. The important piece of that is that there's a choice there. And that's very motivating. And I think that that combined with allowing a lot of our collaborative work to count, count as part of what they're doing. As their hours has also been really really important, so we don't get pushback on curriculum committees or PLCs or student support teams. We also don't pay extra for them, because those are PD hours. It's not another thing on your plate. It's what you're choosing to do this eight weeks to earn the hours that you know to dive as your hours, and it's also the thing that your department or your PLC has selected that's going to help you collectively.
1: And again, anybody playing the home game knows that you always do the even questions because those answers are in the back of the book. (laughs) In the back of
3: the book. (laughs) Unless it's English, in which case you also out. I'm just
1: saying. (laughs) Caitlin brings up a good point, right? And, and, you know, I've seen professional development sessions where, you know, teachers walk in and there's candy or I used to do Lego (laughs) or there used to be why is it up for the why, – why does the coach have to buy the professional development tchotchke for these other people? It almost sounds like – and I'm just saying this out because I've been in this like – I'm begging my administrator for the opportunity of buying a bunch of gift cards to give away to other people so I can look good because I'm giving professional development – but the more money I spend on the gift card, the more people come in. So I'm gonna spend more money on the gift. Okay, I'm going a little overboard, but but does it work? Does it not work? I mean, how do you get your district if your district's gonna buy into this? How do you get your district to buy into this? So that way you're not buying into this.
3: I would say for us, there were there have been two things that I think as incentives have been the most powerful. One is time and effort. It takes less time for our administrative team, for me, for our teachers to engage in professional development because it's no longer this separate extra thing. And so in many ways it just gifts them back time that they were gonna use anyway and rewards them with acknowledging that, like, this is a good thing and, for, and helping them be a better professional. And then the second part of that is we build in really regular opportunities for teachers to lead PD. And go, there. I mean, we're talking about, like, stickers. There are very few teachers who are not incredibly flattered by someone saying, hey, you know, I noticed that you were running small groups in your literature time last week and i would be so excited if you would come and talk with me to the third grade team so that they know what you're doing in second grade and their students what their students will come with next year or whatever it might be right that that opportunity to feel like their what they know and can share is valued is also an enormous incentive
4: I think it's a fine a fine line between or a fine balance between making sure that you're hitting upon a need. It has to be it has to be necessary and you have to have heard from the teachers that it's necessary. If it's from administrators that it's necessary or from your own intuition that you think it's necessary, that's not quite enough. It has to be from the teachers that they need to know this or they need some strategies for that. And then the other end of that balance is that it has to be useful it it can't it can't be theoretical it has to be something they can flip turn around and use today and and resources are always great you know providing some resources that are flippable usable
1: and is that the difference between running a class let's say on google docs and running a class called five ways to use docs in your classroom where you're doing more practical stuff versus button pushing
4: Mm -hmm. right Right, not how to use the tool, but how to strategically use the tool. You know what what you can do with it in your classroom. And, I'll and go back to the some it I think it about
3: balance right. those
4: two things. What was that, Rena? I'm sorry, I didn't.
3: Hear. well I think some of it is about parameters. Uh, we often will know that teachers will say they want more professional development in a particular area that doesn't necessarily align to what we have data that demonstrates there's a need for. And so one of the ways to push that, like the first year we did book studies as one of the options and the teachers chose the books. And even though when we asked them what they needed, a hundred percent of them mentioned things that were very much instructionally oriented, none of those books were about instruction They were all about cultural relevancy and classroom management and, you know, trauma informed sensitivity and like none of them were about instruction. Even though everybody knows instruction is a need, it's not what they want to do. So when we started looking at it again, we said, okay, we've identified this as a need. We're going to take some suggestions for books. These are the three books you can choose from in this area. And we got the same level of buy-in, but the amount of sort of targeted improvement was higher because we were able to say like, no, we're gonna, this is the sandbox, (laughs) you have to play in it. You can play and build whatever you want, but this is the sandbox.
1: (laughs) Christine had mentioned earlier about building things based off of what teachers need. But also of district need. And this is something that Sue and I brought up over the last couple of weeks of when you are building your PD out. Some of it has to be, hey, Mm -hmm. teachers, what do you want? But some of it also has to be those conversations you have with the administrators going, what are your building needs? Do you need them to do this when you walk into their classrooms? What do you want them to see? I'll build the module for that. I mean, you know, for instance, in my core, in my building, our principal really likes us to learn about discourse. Great. I'm going to build my PD to show off five ways to use PowerPoint to promote discourse, right? So that way I'm getting what I need. They're getting what they need. The principal's getting what the principal needs. We all have a thing. Ta-da, gift card. Caitlin, where are you <laughs> with all of that stuff? I mean, are you mostly saying i'll just go build or are you saying hey principal administrator what do you need because obviously your your courses live on right like you built it it's done maybe you update it the next year or right. whatever as but but it's done right ed, ed puzzles done great like where is your balance with the uh, topics
2: so i have with the modules or the program that i built there's 22 modules and so I did. I tried to split between what teachers were wanting and, and programs that I've heard them speak about, or things that I I knew would be useful for them, but, but still kind of fun, and then a mix of initiatives that the district was pushing or my personal admin team was pushing. And I thought it was kind of interesting, you know, listening to you two speak, that the ones that the teachers want are the modules that have been completed multiple times. The ones that the district um, still made by me, but on the topics that the district is pushing have not been uh, completed at all. And so I I think that's very interesting what you were both saying um, about that. But yeah, I, I tried to do a mix just so I was hitting, you know, I make my admin team happy. I'm making my district happy. And I'm also making my teachers happy. Um, by providing different ones, but yeah, the, the ones that the teachers have asked for and are the ones that they, that have been completed and, and that they're enjoying the most. So
1: would you say when you're making these modules that they are more, uh, video, uh, video and quiz video and read video and make something and show me like, what does that look like?
2: Mm -hmm. So it kind of depends on what the topic is. So there are some with videos, there's videos that I have just, you know, got off YouTube. There's videos that I've made myself, but I tried to mix in a lot of different tools. So, you know, Canvas is our LMS for our district. And so I tried to utilize a bunch of uh, Canvas apps. So using the quizzes, using discussion boards, things like that. Um, But the one thing that I tried to keep in mind when I was developing all the modules was that the teachers were going to, by the end of it, have developed something to use in their classroom. So whether it was developing their own self-checking Google form or making their own Nearpod lesson, there was always something that they were going to use in their classroom. So, and, and that's been something else that they've really appreciated You know, I've sat in PD before and, you know, you just sit there and watch a video and then you watch another video and then you answer a discussion board and you hit the amount of words that you need and then you call it a day, you get your (laughs) certificate. Um, So I I wanted to make sure it was actually useful and and teachers could utilize what they have learned in their actual classrooms the next day.
3: I think that's incredibly important and I think that being able to tie things together also sort of emphasizes and increases the impact of that. So we use not smart goals, but what are called peers goals. So uh, powerful, emotionally compelling, easy, reachable and student focused. And then as our teachers report, they have a Google form that auto generates certificates for me with Autocrat that they've completed PD. Part of what will happen is that one coaching cycles count as professional development hours. And two, anytime that I go in and I'm observing, I'm walking through and giving feedback, before I enter a classroom, I pull two things. I pull their peers' goals and what hours they've completed on what topics. So that I'm looking for, and everybody knows I'm looking for, are you working towards your goal in some way and are you using the things that you've turned in as professional development hours, and then it becomes sort of a mutually reinforcing cycle.
1: I I want everybody listening to this show to rewind that and hear that in her district, working with your coach counts as professional learning. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to repeat that. (laughs) (laughs) Working with a coach is professional learning. Can I just get that right there? Like. (laughs) oh if that was a universal thing right i mean but it's so true right why not incentivize people if not it's an uphill battle for coaches just to get in and now and now Mm -hmm. and now now rena brings up a good point which means and again i know you've got a smaller group of people um, as opposed to two thousand educators or something like that right but But there is that okay. If I'm going to be incentivizing all of this stuff now, I as the instructional coach am building the infrastructure, building the forms, tabulating the forms. What happens to the data, Caitlin? You're 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 shaking your head. Like, do you sit down with your administrator and go, "Look, these people are good boys, and these people are not good." Like, how? What does that look like? Does I don't want to ask the question and put you on the spot and say, "Does anybody care?" (laughs) But. In my previous district, I'm going to stress previous district, like I put these things together and said, look, and people are like, yeah, it's the end of the year. Go away. Like what happens to all of this stuff? If you're especially because if you're the one incentivizing it, like I'll stop there because there's a part B on that. But, but what does that look like at the end of the term?
2: So I I I don't know what it looks like at the end of the term because this is my <laughs> this is my first year doing it. Um, but I I do try to you know whenever a teacher completes a module, uh, I send out a email shout out to uh, to that teacher and CC the whole building, uh, so everyone can see and includes the um, admin team that this person or these this group of people have completed this module. And so um, and then I also like print the badges and hang them on there on their doors so all their colleagues can see them as they go by. So um, in terms of what it's going to look like at the end of the year, it's right now it's going to look like a drawing out of the hat to see who gets the gift card. (laughs) But
1: (laughs) I got to ask, okay, because we've talked about this now and joked around. (laughs) How much will the gift card be?
2: um it, i think it's going to no, depend no. on i don't know how, how many how competitive it gets we have a pretty competitive <laughs> staff Um uh, I, I was thinking 25 but i might have okay to, i might have All to right. put it up to 50 right. yes.
1: so you're not you're not spending 100 bucks out of no. your own, on, 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 <laughs> on mrs smith
3: the competition <laughs> is helpful
1: though mm-hmm. it I'll really is what,
4: in, in in our in our micro learning program, there's a leaderboard and each district has their own leaderboard. And the, the number of comments I get from teachers about, hey, what happened? I'm not at the top of that leaderboard. How can I get more points? How do I get to the top? When it, when are you going to release another class? I've taken them all. I, I want to get to the. So that competition is real. Now, and I, or...
1: I, I'm glad you asked that. I, I'm going to throw the right. I'll call it the left turn in all here. And I know some of you work with this. Some of you don't. I'd love your opinions. But when you get into incentivizing, when you get into badging, when you get into leaderboards, when you get into cookies, when you get into I did this and you didn't, where do the unions come into all of this stuff, right? Like, do you need to talk to the unions and say, look, we're going to incentivize your members to do this, this is where I find the pushback a it's not contracted b you can't make me do this c yada 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 union 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 Now I'm very pro union. I'll stop there, but what is that relationship like okay, saying having the principal say we're gonna do this is one thing, don't they have to talk to the prince to, to the union boss about all this
4: so in our in our situation, I don't know how it compares with other states, but they're it it, the continuing ed credits are mandated by the state and so this is just feeding in giving the opportunities to teachers to earn those continuing ed credits so they would need to be doing this anyway it's actually a benefit if their district is giving them some time to do it and some access to be able to do it so that they're not completely on their own um, meeting some of those continuing ed requirements but but also when I talk about leaderboard or badges, there's no um, external reward for it other than the acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're able to cash it in for free time or they're able to, um, you know, get some other reward for it. It's just the acknowledgement.
1: And I'm not saying that unions aren't pro PD. I'm just suggesting or uh, from, from where people have talked to me. You at least need to have the conversation with them to say this is happening to your members. We are going to we're going to have a board where one member is going to be put above another member. And, you know, I got kids. You don't. You're able to get to PD. I can't. That looks better on you. Um, Some people are still on merit pay. Some people are not. Some people are union. Like there's no union in some schools. Where are we with all that stuff? I mean, I know some of you, I don't want to signal anybody out, but some of you don't work with unions. Some of you do work with unions, I would assume.
3: I don't. And I'll be the first to say that. Um, Currently, I think that that can get complicated depending on how contentious versus collaborative a particular district and their union happen to be. I think for a lot of places that are starting to embrace this, it really becomes an opportunity to say, we're essentially gifting you recognition for the things you're already doing as teachers towards your learning, rather than adding additional hours to your plate. And so for our teachers, what that has happened to mean, and that would be harder in a traditional district, is that like the end of this term, we have two PD days on the calendar. And there is zero required like district PD on those two days. There's some building PD, and some of the four buildings have made different choices. I think one one building has a half day of something planned. Everyone else is saying, You've got your hours, then it's time to prepare for your classes. If you don't have your hours, well, you know. As your director, your principal, I'm here to tell you, you have these two days to get your <laughs> hours done. <laughs> you know? And that puts us in a position of it being a very positive trade-off.
1: A long time ago when I was doing this show with my uh, buddy Nick, he who's in a very... Similar position to arenas. He's the one that that creates, collects all that stuff. In his particular district, they always have the like th- two to three days after graduation are designed for teacher quote P D. And the idea is that if you don't get your hours throughout the year, you gotta come in after everybody's gone. If not, hey, you get three extra days of the summertime. And, and, you know, just like Rena, he's the mm-hmm. one that's collecting the hours and sending out the hellos and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. and, and it's a different way of doing it. It's a culture shift. That is a union thing. Like it's, it's in the contract that the teachers need to or else they're stuck there at the end. If anybody listening has any questions about all this, we'd love to have you guys reach out. Uh, You can always find us over at Ask the Tech Coach. Find us on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. Email us at feedback or you know what? Show on up at our next webinar where we're going to be talking about our 10 things that we want to bring from our back pockets into that classroom. You can head on over to teachercast.webinar. Check it out today. It's going to be on Wednesday, March the 13th wednesday march the 16th i'm looking at the calendar now at eight thirty p.m i hope you guys have a chance to check it out my friends first of all i want to say thank you for all the time before we wrap up today i want to really go back to where we started if anybody out there after listening to this is interested in jumping into this pool what advice would you have How do you get started? Where do you go? Who do you talk to? I want to do a quick round robin on all this stuff. I want to start with Christine here. If anybody's interested in looking into this topic, incentivizing, whatever, Christine, what advice do you have?
4: I think I would say that you just have to start somewhere. You can work on a model and you can work on an implementation plan for eons and never feel like you have it down to a science. But you just have to start somewhere and be upfront and transparent with your participants and that, that it can evolve and it may change. And we're going to build this together to, to best suit what you need. But I don't think you can plan it to perfection before
1: launch. Is it easier to say, thanks for coming to this section. Here's a sticker. Or is it easier to say, here's our PD for the year. We got 20 new modules and we are doing this. Or do you start grassroots, Christine? What do you think?
4: I think a combination of both of those. I don't think you you put it all out there at once, right? because how can you know what they need six months from now? You might need to be more responsive than that. I mean, look at with COVID, how if you had done that, you'd be off target for all of 2020 and 2021. So I don't think you can put everything out there at once, but I don't think you can do it session by session because not everybody needs the same session at the same time. Yeah.
1: Caitlin, what do you think? You know that your district needs to have training. Let's just, I don't know your district, but they need to have a module on Google Classroom. They need to have a module on Slides, maybe a, a module on camp. I mean, you know that there's things that you need to have, and then you can adjust. How do you start? Where do you suggest, can you do this in the beginning of the year? I'm giving you a lot of questions here. <laughs> you wait until July 1st, and then you end- and say, hey, how about next year? Like, give us your strategy on this.
2: Okay, so, well, I mean, I actually started in the middle of the year. We came back from Christmas break and I laid it out for them. And it has, uh, I don't want to say it's just like taken off with the wind, but um, there has been a lot of use of it. I wish I would have started at the beginning of the year, I hope to start, modify some modules, add a few more, take some out, and hopefully be able to get more traction starting at the beginning of the year and really providing time on the front end. And this is school-sanctioned time for teachers to explore the modules and to give us some more time to sit down together and possibly go through a few together, so just so they're more comfortable with it and, and they can really, together, we can really see the benefit of the particular format
1: and do you gamify this in the sense that you know the first level of a video game everyone does together and everybody gets a badge and then it you know hey you're on your own
2: no uh not quite um anybody you know if they wanted to do them together i'm a very flexible person if they came to me and said hey we we want to do this together then i'm cool with it um but mostly individual but grade levels could certainly work together. I think that would be one great way to build a collaborative nature in your school. To have teams, or even you know, teachers across teams, uh, you know, same content levels, things like that, um, working together would be would be great.
1: Rina, I'm going to end and give you the final thought on all of this stuff because it does come down to you have to identify what PD is, right? How would you start if you were listening to this and saying, I'm going to give this a shot?
3: I would start with the data. I think we all have data available that is related to where our students are struggling and succeeding. We also have data from previous PDs and sort of whether or not teachers found them useful. We typically have data about teacher needs. We typically have data in terms of teachers. In individual. Most states require some sort of professional development plan every year. Like there is a lot of da- data that's already there as a starting place and I think you start with that and then you look for where there's a positive trade-off so if one of the things you're hoping to do is really capitalize on the teachers who have things to share you're saving your district money so you don't have to hire someone to come in and do pd on google classroom if in your building you have three teachers who are using it in different ways and you can get two of them to do a half an hour breakout session for anybody who's interested in seeing how it works for them. Then you're starting to save and build capacity at the same time. And so when you can find those trade-offs, that's I think where you can get a lot of leader attraction with leadership.
1: There's certainly a lot of stuff in here. We're going to make sure that all of our show notes are up to date with links and show notes and all this great stuff. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 182. You know, for the last few weeks, we've been talking about the fact that these topics are part of my intern project for my administrative degree. We are coming towards the end of this. We've got one, maybe two more shows to go on this topic, and then we're going to wrap it up. And we have an amazing podcast. offshoot website that we're going to be launching for instructional coaches on how to create what we've been calling our ed tech integration plan starting at the top figuring out what your district is coming up with a plan defining what professional learning is incentivizing it if needed and then of course how do you present this and really launch an amazing pd program hope you have a chance to check it out and uh, you know visit over on askthetechcoach.com lots of great stuff over there And my goodness, just as the school year is starting to warm up, so are we here. And I hope you guys had a good time. Thank you so much for listening. I want to give everybody a chance to plug any of their great stuff. Caitlin, where can we find you? Learn more about the great things that you're doing. And how do we reach you on social media?
2: Yeah, my uh, Twitter is uh, Coddle underscore Kate. And um, if anyone is interested in um, checking out the modules, uh, my badge page that I set up, you can search my name in the Canvas Commons, and you can have access to um, the entire unit that I created. So,
1: That is awesome. Is there a direct link for that, or do you have to be in Canva and then you do a search?
2: So they will go in um, through their Canvas Commons, and they should just be able to search my name. I I don't think if I gave the link, it would um, necessarily work for them, being outside of my district. So.
1: I will definitely search that. I use Canvas for my grad school stuff. I'm I'm certainly going to check it out. Christine, where do we learn about uh, the great things that you're doing these days?
4: Um, My Twitter handle is GoChrisDavis, and our microlearning is available at joeledu.com, and uh, that spans beyond our region as well, so you can check it out there.
1: And we'll have links for that in the show notes over at Episode 182. Rena, where can we learn more about the great things that you're doing out in Missouri, uh, Missouri?
3: Uh, Well, if you're looking for information about our program, the Excel Center, um, Goodwill or MERS Goodwill will all get you to our schools. Um, If you're looking for information specifically about what I do, the easiest place to get me, I'm a little... Embarrassed to say, is probably Facebook um, and search my name. My I have I use Facebook ninety nine point nine percent of the time to like read the Ed Week, you know, headlines, and connect with other educators, and there are as much as it is a social platform. Some amazing educator groups that have really dedicated mo- you know moderators and are curating amazing collections of different kinds of learning resources
1: i totally agree as much as you can roll your eyes and say yeah facebook it is a great place to connect with other instructional coaches and that is a plug for our new facebook group you can of (laughs) course go over to the instructional coaches group uh you can find all the information over at askthetechcoach.com we have our brand new instructional coaching membership groups they're all free for you we have one on facebook And if you want to go a little bit more professional, we have one over on LinkedIn, but we are certainly doing a great job over there. Of course, don't forget one last time, Wednesday night, March 16th, we've got our next TeacherCast Coaches Conversation. About 10 of those great little lessons that you have in your back pocket. You don't want to miss this. Space is limited. So head on over to TeacherCast.net slash webinar. That's teachercast.net slash webinar. And that wraps up episode number 182 of Ask the Tech Coach on behalf of everybody here on my show and our co-host, Sue Vincent. My name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students.